this week on Erotic Awakening. Become your own beloved, sexy Utah, and leaders unite. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Patreon supporters receive a free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, as well as ad-free, early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. And thank you to all of our supporters. Each and every one of you. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you this fine day? I'm actually pretty good. We just got back from Beltane, which was absolutely amazing. And now we're in Upper Northeast PA and sitting in the woods. I don't think anybody is going to be surprised to find out that I am not a professional podcaster for a living. It would be fun to do that, but my real-time job has decided that the cost of going away and being in nature for a couple of days is to be quickly reintegrated into <laughs> the workplace. You've had a rough day. I've had a rough day. <laughs> Fortunately, a few hundred emails is nothing to stand in my way of getting a podcast done. And f- what a podcast it is going to be. Today on the podcast, we are joined by good friend and one-time host of the Erotic Awakening podcast, as well as... This a variety of other things. It would take me much too long to go through the entire itinerary. <laughs> Lee Harrington is on the podcast today. Lee, thank you for being on the show. It is such a delight to get to be back. I mean, as you mentioned, getting to start when y'all were starting on Erotic Awakening and being one of your rotation guest appearances slash hosts. That is such a beautiful slice of memory, and it is great to be with you again. Our, trust me, our pleasure. And we were just at a place, as we've been telling our listeners, at a place called Ramblewood. And we went to the spot. We said, hey, that's the spot where we met Lee. And we sat there. And it's one of my most fond memories of you, by the way, is that there was a, I don't know if you remember this, we were sitting outside talking. And there was a couple about 20 feet away from us doing this hardcore, loud ass fucking. And I was, my thought was, I wish they would like get done. I'm having a great conversation here. And Instead they're being of, loud. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, the, that was, it was the weirdest thing to say, to recognize I'm way more interested in this conversation than I am in the naughty activities that someone is doing. So there you go. That's my, that's my Lee memory. Yeah. Oh yeah. I loved that initial conversations and. And that land at this summer is going to be my 20 years of going to that land. Mm. And I think of going to events there as choose your own adventures, mm-hmm. right? That if you're not enjoying yourself near one of the erotic exploration spaces at an event, go down to the dining hall. People will be playing board games. You're not enjoying board games. Go down to the lake and spend some time meditating or dancing around a fire. You're not enjoying that, right? Like it's this, it's a space where potential exists. I'm going to tell you. And <laughs> yeah, please. So, some of my stories, I mean, we wrote Sex Stories and Power Exchange many years ago. And some of the stories in there are from that land. It's been 13 years since we've been there. And just so many stories in my head. And we share them in our classes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There Beautiful are, land. There I are. That. I mean, go ahead, Lee. 
Well, I mean, second edition of Shibari you can use, my rope bondage book. Second edition was written in one of the cabins, I think cabin 14, if I recall. So I did a writing retreat there. I went to a ghost hunter training camp there. I've been to pagan events. I've been to like Ren Fair type events. I've been to sacred sexuality events, kinky events. I mean, that land is so diversely used and not and with ones I don't go to you've got literally diabetes youth camp that takes place there mm-hmm. uh, which is why there's Tempur-Pedic mattresses is because Tempur-Pedic supported diabetes youth camp which I think is great Absolutely. Um, nice. and to have land that is full of potential to me is a metaphor for our lives I remember sitting up one night with JD from two naughty boys spelled with a K two naughty boys and JD, on top of be having his day job and being a, a nonfiction author of both vanilla books and kink books and a painter and like all these other things, he's also a Buddhist philosopher, as one does. And JD and I were talking about rope one night at three or four a.m. And he had he said, inside every single piece of rope is the possibility for every single knot that has ever been tied and every single knot that might be tied in <laughs> the future. And then he had this long pause and said, and so it is with every life. Ooh. And I feel like that land is a continuation of that metaphor and that I as a human being get to carry those multitudes as well, get to carry that potential get to choose that choose your own adventure mm-hmm. that this you know this decade of my life that i am choosing to be an author and a speaker and do private coaching work and have a really amazing partner that i'm moving in with and next decade i might choose to focus on my work as an artist and dive deeply into who i am as a poet And a decade before, I was an adult film performer and had a chance to get to travel around the world from that lens. And that there is this possibility within every single one of us to have different chapters, to have different ways we explore our own sense of self. And that is a great way to segue into what I wanted to actually talk to you about today, which, you know, when, when you talk to Lee Harrington, there's hundreds of topics we could go through. Oh, absolutely. Or just sit here and chit chat and, and come up with a great show. But you were just talking about, you know, part of these the ways that we take care of ourselves. And I recognize that one of the perhaps habits that Dawn and I have, because a lot of what we teach is about power exchange relationships and how in these power exchange relationships that you, the two or more of you, can help each other grow, can help each other develop relationship skills and that sort of thing. And I was poking around as one does, and I see that you've actually come out with a book recently which seems to suggest that that relationship you have with yourself is the one that you need to cultivate and not just you know, I've heard people say that a hundred times, but actually how to do that and how to actually work on that. Tell me a little bit more about that, this this idea of, of working with yourself on your own self-care and becoming your own, I don't know, is it is it about becoming your own support system? 
So I, I wrote a book recently that, that came out called Become Your Own Beloved, a Guide to Delighting and Self-Connection. And I've been working on it for years in some form or another. And one of the things I realized in developing a relationship with myself, and for some of us, you're your own friend. And for other people, you're your own partner. And for other people, you're your own part of your own support network, or you are your own coworker for those of us who work from home, right? Like, it's just like, well, how do I set myself up to be my own best cubicle mate? <laughs> and we have different relationships with ourselves. And I realized that I was feeling really frustrated by a lot of the self-help stuff I was seeing on the market that said, you know, you've got to develop self-love and go ahead and just do it, right? Like it was like, come on, be your own best friend. I'm like, that's not, or they would say, here's ways to develop self-love. But if I've learned nothing from my years in polyamory, sometimes love is not enough, to have it be a sustaining relationship, especially if that relationship is complex mm -hmm. and layered, like so many consensual non-monogamous structures tend to be. And that as much as I love love, what is this thing that is my relationship to me? And so that's where this project came out of, was this idea of not just theory, but exercises for developing self-relationship. It's becoming your own pen pal. It's becoming a person who takes themselves on dates. It's becoming your own friend. It's becoming your own partner. And I literally, I have a chapter in there on being in relationship with other people, but remembering your relationship with yourself. And it is polyamory theory 101. Hmm. I don't call it polyamory theory 101, <laughs> but if you, if you're listening and you're like, I wish I had a thing that didn't say polyamory that I could explain polyamory. Hello, mm -hmm. welcome to become your own beloved. Because the theory is that if you, your relationship with you is relationship A and the person you're in connection with, right? Your lover, your best friend, your spouse, whatever it might be. If their relationship with themselves is relationship B, then our relationship with each other is relationship AB. Okay. And I meet so many folks who experience NRE who then dive deeply into AB and don't notice A or B. Hmm. Right, You forget about how to care for you, and you end up projecting your own self-care needs onto this other person, or you end up thinking, oh, well, everything's fine for both of us because we have A, B, and it's so passionate. And so really taking some of that lens into the conversations around self-connection as well. Mm -hmm. So who would you think of as the target audience here? Is it people that have already a good understanding of polyamory and theories around these self-help topics, particular, I hate to say, groups of people? You know, is it going to be more effective for, you know, people that are, are raised in a certain way? Or are you able to share some ideas for, for a diverse crowd? Yeah. I, so one of the things that was happening is as I, so folks who don't know me, I was assigned female at birth. I am a genderqueer guy who happens to have lived my first 25 years of life as a woman. And one of the things I was finding in the industry of self-help 
was that so many of these books assumed that everybody was a middle class white that's kind of mm-hmm. where every and an assumption of what that even looks like, right? But stories of like go and go to a yoga retreat for a weekend or take a bubble bath or things like that, which is great. Those are fantastic tools for some people. But it was really important to me in this project to include things like instead of saying yoga retreats, to say things like consider go hunt going hunting for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Right. Instead of saying things like take a bubble bath, it's go shoot some hoops. And to give examples across assumed gender stereotype that include just as much the idea of get yourself a box of chocolates and buy yourself a copy of the newest NASCAR game for your PS3 or mm-hmm. PS whatever the fuck we're on now, yeah. right? right? And to value those things as self-care just as much as the stereotypes that were being presented in the biz, as it were. Mm-hmm. That was actually literally in my contract was the cover will not be pastel pink or pastel purple. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like that was in the agreement with my publisher was that will not happen. And also for me, one of the other things when it comes to like, who is this accessible to is the book introduced as a concept called what, what that I call micro dates where, and this was due to a person who I'm not dating anymore, but who's still part of my extended poly circles but he is somebody who works construction, who also happens to be a dad, and who also happens to have a really just busy life in his world at large. And so the idea of even going and shooting some hoops with friends wasn't viable. Nowadays, he actually has realized that going to the gym is how he's able to really center himself and so and like ground himself. So he's now started turning that into almost a date night. But before he had that realization, he was like, I can't do any of this stuff. All of this shit takes too much energy, etc." He didn't have time for it, right? And I said, what about this? What about if in your construction truck, from here to where you're picking up your kid from, you know, picking up them up from martial arts, mm-hmm. what about in that seven-minute drive, you blasted Megadeth or whatever you're in the mood for today? at the top of your radio mm-hmm. because your ex doesn't have space to make any comments on it. Your mother, right? The, you know, grandma doesn't have any space to make comments about it. Cause no one else is around literally the next 13, 14, whatever minutes is nothing but yours. Mm-hmm. And this moment where suddenly he lit up and went Mm-hmm. And and there is something really delightful to see, like big muscular tall, like just like light up. There's it makes me so happy. And he had this moment, and I went, "This is the kind of stuff we need to be talking about." Mm. Because it's great to say you need a self care night, but a lot of us live complex realities. A lot of us live, you know, like. I know people who are sex workers, but are dating people who have day jobs or are adult film prof- or like, or like strippers, et cetera, but have three partners. When are you supposed to fit in all of your things for all your time? And the number of poly folks I know who say, because this isn't a poly book, I'm just mentioning it because we happen to be on Erotic Awakening. And that the number of folks I know who say like, well, you have to have a night, a date night with yourself. 
you're going to date three other people. One of those date nights has to be with yourself. And I'm like, is that actually what serves you? That algorithm might not actually serve you. Mm -hmm. The algorithm for yourself might be that when I go on date nights with my partners, I need to make sure that I don't just do what they want to do because that is the path towards resentment. Mm. Right. So I need to make sure that when I see my secondary partner or whoever this person, mythical person might be, when I'm seeing my secondary partner, I need to make sure that I, in my negotiations for relationships, say up front, my world is really busy, but I really want to center you. How would you feel if our date nights also included grocery shopping and included making sure that I had an orgasm? Can we, if we can work <laughs> those two things into our date night? I will be cared for in my self need. Mm -hmm. you know and there's and so probably about, like, go ahead, please. No, there's probably a lot of partners are, that are not. We're going to use the word primary partners, nesting partners. Maybe there's probably a lot yeah. of partners that are not nesting partners that would actually enjoy going grocery shopping. I mean, or enjoy right. doing you know things like that that they don't get because they're not nesting partners. Exactly. And so when we talk about who is the audience for, first of all, literally, I, I start out with like, you can skip any of these exercises. The book is 181 pages, but that includes all of the work pages and the intro by Dossie Easton, which tickled the heck out nice. of me. For folks who don't know, Dossie Easton was one of the authors for The Ethical Slut. And I had to sit down with her and be like, Dossie, this is not a poly book. <laughs> this is not a kink book. This is not a masturbation book. I mentioned masturbation in the sensuality chapter, but like, that's not the focus of this. And so I loved what she wrote, but like I had to have the clarity that yes, <laughs> I have written many BDSM books. This is not the one, but it's, it is that many pages with all of the worksheets mm -hmm. and with it having lots of space on the edges for making your own notes and lots of quotes from people to use as inspiration. And, and so it is not a big book. It is not assuming. And the goal with it was not because the, the statement of it's available for everyone is not real. I am aware of that. But my goal with it was to have some of it be useful for a wide array of folks. You do not have to have a background in understanding, you know, self-care theory to do this stuff. In fact, I think I only used the word self-care three or four times mm -hmm. and nice. the word self-love three or four times because our relationship with ourself might not be a love-based relationship. Mm. True. Our True. relationship with ourselves or, or the type of love that is Eros at least. Right. I know I am a great lover for myself, but I know other people who, what they want to be is their own friend that they can look in the mirror and be like, Hey, how's it going without being mad at Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's more where I'm coming from. Super. Well, one of the things that I appreciate about what I'm hearing about this book is, and I have read some self-help books, but a lot of it feels like here's what you should do without actually providing directions on, well, what you describe as, your in, as exercises. Give me an example of one of the exercises that I might find in this book. One of the ones that I love that I don't honestly, 
through and remember what we called the chapter, but it's about forgiveness. I My working notes for the chapter were forgiving your abusive spouse, um, with your spouse being yourself in my case. I wish I could remember what we actually called it in the book, but, and this is that moment where I'm like, just look at the book, Lee, that's why it's there. <laughs> oh, it's actually called Please Forgive Me, Moving Past the Past. And I give a step-by-step of, okay, what is a thing that you have done that has upset you, that you've done to yourself? Maybe it's set yourself up for failure or by, like if it's a big one, self set yourself up by dating somebody that you knew was not going to be a good fit for you. That's the big ones. But let's choose a little one, like you didn't take out the trash last night. All right, you told yourself you were going to take out the trash. You didn't take out the trash. The trash is still there the next morning. Ugh. Lee, you know better than this. You're setting yourself up to just be annoyed this whole week. You are rude. Where we start spiral, at least for me, I sometimes spiral out of control mm-hmm. with these stories. I said, okay, the exercise is to write down that thing that you are annoyed at yourself for having done. Something that you need to forgive yourself about. Here's what happened. And just the fact, not the emotions around it, the fact. I did not take out the trash. Okay. And then look at the why. Why didn't that happen? Again, not the stories around it, not anything else, but just what is the whys? Oh, you chose to spend the night watching television instead. Okay. Why did you make that choice to do this over that? Oh, because you just, to use Dan's example, you just caught up on 400 effing emails. (laughs) And taking out the trash, you looked across the room and went, right? And tonight you chose curling up with your partner and watching some Indian matchmaker. That's one of my current obsessions on Netflix. Indian matchmaker. Hmm. Adding to the list. Oh, it follows an amazing woman named who's a, a, a she is a matchmaker from Mumbai and it follows her working with people in the various Indian diaspora helping them find helping them do arranged relationships. Oh, nice. Okay. And arranged marriages. Dan is adding that to yeah, our it's list right now. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. The, the difference between love marriage as compared to arranged marriage where arranged marriage is you meet the person, you connect with them, you go this could work and then you build love over time. Nice. Hmm. Right? Very different approach. And so you decide to do that. Okay, well the why behind that was and you had a crappy day at work. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that you actually did Mm self-care. Yeah, you didn't take out the trash, but you were actually taking care of you. Right? That's the actual why behind it. Mm -hmm. That's why you didn't take out the trash. Okay, so write that down. Okay, you've written that down. You've written the what happened, the what you were doing instead or why it didn't take place, the why behind that, And then look at, can you forgive yourself looking at that bigger picture? Mm -hmm. And it's the statement of, I forgive me for this activity or this situation that happened or didn't happen. And I am going to do this in the future, whatever this is, that's the next fill this in the future so that I don't have to have that happen or I set myself up for better emotional success in the long run. So for me... It's, oh, if I'm having those days where I answered the 400 emails and I don't want to go outside to take out the trash, and roll stuff out, 
what I will do is on the way from where I am sitting in my from the kitchen, right? I'll go from the kitchen, I'll grab the trash bag and I'll set it next to the door to go outside. Dan does that. So, <laughs> so that in the morning when I'm heading out the door, I literally have to pick up the trash and take it outside. And um, so suddenly I am building systems mm-hmm. to set me up for success with me. So that's one of the exercises we have. Very nice. cool. Nice. Right, so one last question for you, if you don't mind. Do you, mm-hmm. do you address loneliness in here? In, in, because what I'm thinking is as we develop this relationship with ourselves, and we say, I'm going to take myself on a mini date. And loneliness is not the word that I want here. I'm going to take myself on a mini date. I do this myself. I'll, I'll take, Dawn has something to do. Well, I'm going to take Dan to a movie by myself. Or I'm going to go take myself out to eat. And I sit there and I experience the perception that other people are looking at me going, ah, that poor person has nobody else, nobody in their life. Is this something that you address in the book to become that person who is, no, no, I'm with my partner, me. Right. Right. So one of the things that I I do around that topic is to name that that is a thing you can absolutely do. But for some of us, the looking into the eyes of other people and their projections, which are not about you, Mm -hmm. right? Their projections are their own story, right? That notion of, oh, if I was going out to dinner, I wish my partner would take me. And they're filling in this whole thing, nothing to do about you, but it still affects you. For some of us, we have the chutzpah, we have the whatever, that going out for a dinner and being like, nope, I'm just with me, happy here, bringing a book, right? Whatever it might be. I've gotten because there, that's for down, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that moment personally, but there are some folks for whom that's that can bring up moments of loneliness. Oh, I wish someone was with me. So it's an internal sensation. Mm-hmm. And for other pers- people, it's the external projection and receiving a projection sucks, mm-hmm. right? And so I look instead at, well, what are some of the diverse options on how we can get to the date we want? That I think, for example, of my mother. My mother had a thing on her wall. That she had taped all over her wall. The lists of, And she lived in the Seattle area. She listed everything from the Canadian border down to Oregon across to the mountains of all of the different farmers markets and things that were available on weekends that she could go to solo if she wanted. Nice. And that if she had those times she wanted to go, but wanted to have human connection because she didn't want to feel lonely. Right. Cause for her that, that, that moment of like, Oh, I feel lonely, mm-hmm. but I want to have self time, but I want to have self time. So what she would do is she would consciously plan Oh, cool. I'm going to go to the Bremerton Sunday art market. (laughs) That's randomly what she chose. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to talk to everyone. (laughs) I'm going to purposefully plan solo time that is extroverted. I am going to make that happen. But because she was an ambivert, somebody who is sometimes introverted, sometimes extroverted, on days where she didn't want human time other than her quality time with herself, she would purposefully go and say, you know what, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna window dress, like window shop mm-hmm. at everything at that art fair. 
I'm going to look at stuff. I'm going to get people's cards, but I'm not going to talk to a human being if I don't have to, other than to order my coffee. Like, I'm just not going to do any of that because whether it's about projection or whether it's about taking care of the, the introvert needs, either one, declaring ahead of time, I don't want to interact with humans. In which case, that dinner for one that you're talking about, Dan, mm -hmm. might be going to a grocery store that has a, a salad bar getting yourself a thing in a way by the pound kind of dish and then taking yourself to the park and having that same meal with or without a book, mm -hmm. but you don't have to deal with projection. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's more the lens that I come from. Yeah, that's that, awesome. Those are awesome ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Lee, where can people find this book and everything else? Lee Harrington. Well, you can find the book by Googling Beyond Be, uh, Become Your Own Beloved, which you can find on Amazon. The Kindle actually just came out, so you can go ahead and find that over there. The audiobook is going to be recorded in the next month or two, but isn't here yet. And then when it comes to finding the rest of my stuff, if you go to my website, which is Passion and Soul, you can find links to everything, including my so all my different social media, which again are Passion and Soul. Or you can go to my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash, you guessed it, passion and soul, where I have weekly resources that I share up there. Actually, people on Patreon got to see chapter samples as it was being written. I've got the entirety of my Sacred Kink audiobook up there for people to enjoy. Every mm. month I do things that are different classes or rituals for my patrons. And if any of you are listening, are interested in power exchange relationships, but are solo or want to remain solo, there's a recording of my class, Solo Dominances, Submissions, and Surrender. Uh, oh, that nice. is up there for people to be able to watch. Cool. That's Very fabulous. Cool. Lee, it is a pleasure to talk with you and a pleasure to have you on the show. Hang out uncomfortably for a little bit while we wrap this thing up. Dawn, you and I have been to Bram Ramble Ramblewood. Ramblewood. But I can't even remember what it's called anymore because i got to look forward. <laughs> We're going to be in Texas, Toronto, Pennsylvania, Detroit, Kansas City, Chicago, Tulsa, and Minnesota. I can't keep track of all that. You can't. So, plus all the Zoom events that we have. We've got the Submissive Roundtable. You just scheduled a Leader Roundtable. I've got Eros Gathering still, which is the Sacred Sexuality Zooms. And, and OW, Older Women in Alternative Lifestyles. And all the things. If only once a month I could get an email with <laughs> all that information <laughs> if so, only that was possible so we'll keep up with all of our events book news and discounts and more via the erotic awakening newsletter and get your ea shout out like cat from georgia, georgia. head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today oh i feel so much better now that i'm off work i was so stressed when we started this show could you tell yes by the, you could. Well, you I thought stuttering. I was covering it. No, no. no. <laughs> I wasn't stuttering. You know who is stuttering is kinky people in Utah. That's for sure. So um, I don't know if you call I, that stuttering or not. Ohio Hedgehog, I think maybe, or maybe I found it on my own. But it looks like Pornhub is blocking all of Utah from its site. <laughs> So there is an article out there. I should find it again, and we can put it in the show notes, a link to it as to why Pornhub is blocking all of Utah. So, but it has to do with politics, of, of course. course. Of course. Do you, do you look at porn anymore? 
Do you look at porn uh, any less? You know what? I don't. I I look at porn less now, and Pornhub was my go-to for a little bit. But I look at it less because I decided not to bring my phone to bed, mm-hmm. so that I'm not scrolling. So at night, yes, so that I'm is having a bad to idea. learn how to masturbate without my porn fix. <laughs> So, which is which is a skill I have to relearn, and and it's going pretty well. Modern world problems, right? So, <laughs> Lee, when people ask you what's your favorite porn site, do you say, I don't know what you would say, Wikipedia or, or some <laughs> book related thing? I don't know. Honestly, my favorite porn channel right now is there's a queer kink conference here in Denver, Colorado called Unabashed. Mm -hmm. And they have an Instagram feed that is a curated, BIPOC-centered, it's all queer content of some sort or another, kinky of diverse kinks Instagram feed. That That is what I follow. And then I follow the threads from there to see what else is out there. And yeah, so Unabashed Con as an Unabashed Conference. Mm -hmm. And it's a great Instagram feed. Very cool. Awesome. Writing it down. I I will say that for myself, I normally will head over to motherless.com because they have a random video button. And that's scary sometimes. It's scary sometimes. But it's, it's, I like I like that level of edge play to think, yeah, porn, porn, porn. What the fuck? <laughs> so oh, yeah, a motherless is definitely like that, where it's 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 an adventure. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. But I also warn people about about that with things like FetLife.com, that if you go to Kinky and Popular, or you even watch the feed that comes through of people that you are friends with or follow, you cannot control what will come through your screen mm-hmm. right and so when people say oh like oh you're brand new to kink you're brand new to bdsm you're brand new to power exchange you should go join fet life i warn people that you don't know if you're going to see somebody talk about oh i'm struggling with polyamory and maybe that's going to evoke emotions around past relationships for you or your current state or on the other end, whether you're going to see like face skewering. And it's just like you literally never know what's right. coming up on your screen next. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. That's a good warning. <laughs> Don, I have finally gotten around to scheduling another leaders roundtable, as you mentioned earlier. Head over to our Discord channel to find out the facts on that. Basically, it's an opportunity for people who identify as leaders in power exchange relationships, whether you call yourself mistress, master, sir, etc., to have a chance to bond with each other. We've got our own challenges that you don't need to know about. So that's that's fine. We've, we've got our own. <laughs> well. So we talk about you guys. Dan Dan leaves the RV when <laughs> we have the submissive roundtable. So. Which, la, la. you know what? But I think I might kick you out when I do the leader roundtable simply because okay. legitimately... I want to have that valid opportunity. I don't want to to censor myself, right? I might be in the middle of saying one of the things I really hate about the way that Dawn, da-da-da. Or I might even say one of the things that Linda Liu does better than Dawn, right? You wouldn't. Not while you're listening. That's the point. (laughs) But to have that opportunity to share... And not self-censor, right. which is why I leave when you are in the Yeah, RFA. Yeah, you usually leave and, and go somewhere else when I do it. I think I've been in here once when you've done a leader roundtable, and I've, you've got your headset on, so I can't hear anybody else. And I'll hear my name, and I will turn up my sound 
on my headset because mm-hmm. I don't want to hear. It feels like eavesdropping. Oh, absolutely. My, so my boy who has teaches for Karate House and Wicked Grounds on occasion, Ev, they do stuff on kink and trauma is a lot of their focus, but we're teaching actually in Berlin this summer and they're going to be doing a class called Sir No Sir, which is on saying no in DS and MS dynamics. And which I'm super excited to see that, but I'm not going to attend it. And when they're teaching some of their classes, I put in my, what are those loop things or ring or whatever they, they like the earbuds basically. Uh-huh, right. So that I can't hear it. Yeah. So that I can't hear it. Not because I don't want to hear it. Cause I do. And I still listen mm-hmm. into some of their other types of trainings, but there's certain ones where I want to give not just space, but active permission. Mm-hmm. Yes. For them to be able to help themselves and the people they are teaching thrive. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And Dan knows I talk about him. And I mean, it's it's nothing that I don't say in workshops. We're totally transparent, right? So I can't not talk about him during things because that's my experience in power exchange, right? But oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, he probably doesn't want to be here. And because then we'd have to have conversations later. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it would keep me from, from, like you said, it would keep me from rolling with it and, right. and picking it through myself when I know you're listening. Right. If I literally was going to bring up something about you that displeased me in the leadership roundtable, it would be because I haven't figured out how to bring it up to right. you. And right. I need yes. some guidance. So if you're sitting there listening going, oh, I didn't realize, blah, blah, blah. So, right, right. Well, there's yeah, a reason. Yeah. All right. Don't want to be there to do that. So cool. All well, right. And I, I don't know if listeners know this, what I, I consider an unspoken rule around sex educators. But if you date a sex educator, your life with them might end up in a class. Usually ends up in a class. And <laughs> Usually poor, ends up in a class. Poor, exactly. poor Karen so has. Like, yeah. <laughs> at, right. So, so if you're at home listening and you, you're thinking you might start dating a sex educator, like just clear with them what is off limits right yeah. right I, I, I have... what is awful it's because i'm happy to have that be a limit or boundary or agreement within a relationship or even an ms dynamic if, as, as on the m or d side like i'm okay with that but that needs to be part of the dialogue the discussion the the ways we connect with each other from a place of of vulnerable transparency yeah absolutely absolutely the most valuable teaching that we do comes from our experience so if we have an experience, I need you to, to let me know. I don't want this experience shared or it's okay to share it. Yeah. Yep. Knowing that there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. You are not asking your partner to keep something secret. Right. You are asking it to stay private and personal or in some cases even sacred. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and as a matter of fact, that happens to lead into the question of the day for today, which is around, you know, if you have a, if a partner that says, hey, I don't want you to share this out loud, mm-hmm. that may or may not be a red flag leading into so that our question of the day is what is a red flag? So, Dawn, whether it's something and really, you know, it, we could really get into an entire conversation about what red flags are. Because it's very complex what they even are in some situations. Some of them are clear, right? If you 
Boy, are they all personal? Man, I'm really... I don't know. They're discussing it on our Discord channel right now, which is why it's on today's show notes. But one of the things we talked about on one of our patron chats about red flags and polyamory. And then later after discussing it on the Discord channel, they're like, you know what? Actually, what we were discussing was more about squicks, right? About being Mm -hmm. squeamish about something and Mm -hmm. squicks and personal, I don't want to do that or be with that sort of persons instead of red flags. And someone else spoke up. Yeah, red flags to me means danger, danger, whether it's physical danger, relationship danger, community danger, or something like that. And that's what red flags meant to them. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't. And yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that red flags, if we're looking at where they come from, in a sports world, right, right, it means you're off the pitch, right? You need to get off the field. So it's not saying I'm never going to talk to you again. It's not saying I have to kick you out of my life necessarily. It just means you need to not be on the field. Right, right. right. I need to have you not be on the pitch right now until either you pay a fine, the equivalent of saying I'm sorry. Right. Like, or it might mean you're off for the season. Right, mm-hmm. you've had enough red flags that you're done for the season. Unless your life changes, I can't. Right, right. And, and the funny Love thing, you, but I can't right now. The funny thing about that is, you know, I kept coming up with these ideas for red flags. I was like, well, if you're running around with, if you voted for that particular person, that's a red flag. Well, it's not. It's a red flag for Dan, right? If you're mm-hmm. running around with a bunch of Nazi memorabilia, that's a red flag. Well, not necessarily. Maybe someone is into uniform play. They're reclaiming something. I'm having a hard time justifying the Nazi memorabilia one. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, there's there's always a, a little bit right. for many things. I could come up with a few things that I think every human being should consider a red flag. But there, there's not a lot of Things them. like cheating and, yeah, other things I don't want to mention. <laughs> Right. Would be red flags. Yeah. And if it's if when you talk about this is one for Dan, if you are not familiar with it, there is a board game called Red Flag board game. Well, it's actually more of a card game. And you it's like like Cards Against Humanity. You are trying to deal to the person who is currently has the, the card in hand of or whoever's round it is. So it's not just who it's not just that it's a red flag is what would be a red flag for Dawn, right? Mm-hmm. If it's Dawn's turn, what would be it? And then also, so you lay down red flags and green flags, and then people get points based on the person whose turn it is saying, oh, yeah, that's definitely my red flag. <laughs> Ooh, we, I just added that and, to a list, too. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is super fun, and they also have an expansion pack called Dark Red Flags, which is where they have, like, all the explicit stuff. Because they're trying – at the time I got to play it, it a, both a mom and their teenage son was at the table. <laughs> and so they were all – and so it wasn't explicit, but, like, there was a moment where, where all the red flags for said mom were on the table – and we were all looking at it and being like, that one? Really? And she went, oh, yeah, that one. And the teenage son was like, oh, yeah, my, my mom, that's totally a red flag. 
Wow. <laughs> and so it it took a it took a teenager that had that kind of friendly relationship with their parents. Right. But it wasn't explicit and so it was it didn't need to be an adult only game. Nice. Nice, nice. Add to our game list. Uh, Lee, you may not remember this because it's been quite a while since you've been on the show, but a long, long time ago, Dawn had this fetish for tentacle sex. Mm. It's not gone away, though. Has it, Dawn? (laughs) No. (laughs) It looks like you've got some new ones in the mail, too. Oh, I do. That was a segue, huh? (laughs) Stop reflecting on it. (laughs) I'm just sitting here like, mmm, stroking, stroking. And Sam Wall sent, sometimes they'll send me tentacle sex, and then sometimes it's just anything that's octopus or squid related. And and Sam Wall on Instagram sent me a, it, it was a resin octopus and it was actually a tiktok link that showed going from a a picture frame to the drawing of the octopus to the resin to the it was actually really beautiful and if i could find it for sale i'd probably well i'm in the rv now i wouldn't buy it right but uh, yeah that would be something i'd like to own and then pirate on instagram sent me a naughty 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 tentacle sex i may have to add it to our discord channel and then enigma of course is always sending me tentacle sex pictures and that one was a hot <laughs> super yummy one i love that i actually got to watch a great video two nights ago of david attenborough being interviewed about strange facts of animals i can't remember the name of the person who was interviewing him a talk show person from england and idris ilba was also on the show and when david attenborough brought up the fact that octopuses can walk on land Watching Idris Elba's face be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I would wager that was... I would wager that was the Graham Norton show. That sounds like a Graham Norton sort of thing for the British TV shows. Yeah, just... The diversity of whether it's erotic desires or erotic turnoffs, mm-hmm. or the dis- diversity of intellectual desires or intellectual turnoffs, are so varied, and it's one of the things I love about humanity. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I love it about humanity is the diversity of both of those things. Yep. That there's somebody out there that the turn off is octopuses. Don't even mention them. Right. That's just gross. That's strange. <laughs> and Don's like, give me all, all the, all the tentacles. <laughs> uh, earlier in the show, you heard Lee mention a hot and erotic Instagram. If you want a hot and erotic Instagram, avoid us. You can find Erotic Awakening on Instagram, but you'll only see the places we park, events we have coming up, and uh, pretty much pictures of the though we did just take a naughty picture i might put on there i think it's instagram that'll be a change of pace that'll be a change of pace but we've also got a reel on there of like dan driving with the rv getting ready to go to ramblewood and stuff like that so oh, it's, it's fun it's I fun i love that yeah <laughs> yeah i love posting on instagram mine is everything from upcoming classes i have all over the world both in person and online so wherever you're listening from i might have something in your time zone But whether it's like upcoming classes that are going to be in Birmingham, Alabama, or going to be in Gothenburg, Sweden, or going to be at Camp Crucible and Dark Odyssey Summer Camp Mm. at Ramblewood, or alternating with uh, self-love quotes and self-care quotes, alternating then with random pictures of me, my really long nails, or it's like I have a photograph I posted recently where it was like dildo, collar, paddle, 
writing crop and it was just like my upcoming evening <laughs> so <laughs> it's that edge of salaciousness right exactly exactly <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us on FetLife as Dan and Dawn. We're Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Lee. Bye, Lee. Bye.